We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Oregon football hopes to return to the Pac-12 title game in 2023, but to do that, they're going to have to get through some very tough games. We're highlighting Oregon's toughest games on today's episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast. And we're back like we never left. Oregon fans, what's going on? How we living? Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast. Just in case you're new here, thanks for stopping by. I'm your host, Max Torres, publisher and lead editor of Ducks Digest, covering the Oregon Ducks over on Fan Nation, part of the Sports Illustrated Network. Happy to have you along for another episode of the Ducks Dish podcast, your premier podcast for all things Oregon football and, of course, Oregon recruiting. Excited to have you guys along for today's episode. Quick reminder, make sure you like, comment, and subscribe wherever you're listening or watching today's episode of the podcast if you're here on youtube at oregon football max taurus thanks for stopping by and uh we got a big episode for you guys today so it is thursday august 31st 2023 and oregon football is just two days away from kicking off their 2023 season at home in eugene against the portland state vikings so thought this was a perfect time just did a recent episode with Spencer McLaughlin over on Locked On Ducks where we predicted Oregon's 2023 record, went through each game in that schedule, and it kind of got me thinking, what are Oregon's toughest games in 2023? I think there's a, a, a specific bunch that we can focus on, so we're going to go ahead and hit on those games today. I got five games that stick out, five games that are going to go a long way in determining what Oregon can do what Oregon can be in 2023, and if they're going to be able to make a return to Las Vegas for the 2023 Pac-12 title game. Starting off at number one, we got game two of the 2023 season against the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Oregon hits the road for their first road game of the season, journeying out to the Lone Star State, Lubbock, Texas, where they'll face a familiar name, in Tyler Shuck, former Oregon quarterback Tyler Shuck, transferred to Texas Tech ahead of last season after spending a couple years in Eugene. Things didn't quite go, go according to plan for Tyler Shuck 
who ultimately, I don't know if I would say lost the job um, in favor of Anthony Brown, but in that 2020 season, he was um, he was kind of taken out, for lack of a better word, uh, and, and kind of replaced by Anthony Brown, certainly towards the back end of that year. Um, and now that I think about it, Tyler, Tyler Shuck might have transferred actually before um, the 2022 season. Um, so I need to go back and, and correct that, correct myself on that one, um, see how long he's actually been at Texas Tech. Uh, all right, I'm looking at it now. Uh, let's see, 2022 season, 2021 season. Okay, yeah, so this is his third season as the starter in Lubbock, which I think obviously bodes well for him. He clearly knows uh, what he's doing after settling in and, and winning a pretty decent amount of games um, with the Red Raiders. The Red Raiders are coming off of an 8-5 and five record in 2022, but the season did come with some big wins. The, the Red Raiders wrapped up the year with the Tax Act Texas Bowl, 42-25 win over... Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss uh, barely lost to Oklahoma last year. I'm looking at what other scheduled games they had. They lost by 10 to TCU, who would eventually go to the national championship game. Um, lost by 10 to Oklahoma State on the road in Stillwater. So, And they also beat Texas 37-34 in overtime. So it was a season that definitely had its highs and lows, no doubt, for the Red Raiders. But... Oregon goes into this game and they face their first true test of 2023. I don't think a lot of people believe that Portland State is going to give them too much trouble. Uh, they shouldn't if everything goes according to plan for Dan Lanning and the Ducks. But I like this game for Oregon on the road because it kind of reminds me a little bit of the BYU game last year. The BYU game was, was definitely one um, that I think – proved that the Ducks could contend against top 25 teams and maybe even further beyond that. You remember that they opened the season against Georgia, got trounced, and then came back home to just beat the brakes off of Eastern Washington. But even after that game, we still didn't really know what Oregon was or what they could be. So I kind of liken this Texas Tech game for Oregon in 2023 to the BYU game in 2022 because – Texas Tech is a, is a good football team, and they're definitely a matchup that I don't think um, should be taken lightly, and I don't think Dan Lane is going to take them lightly um, heading into the season. So they have an experienced quarterback, which is obviously a, a big win for, for them. Anytime you can start a season with an experienced quarterback, I think that really helps. The Texas Tech Red Raiders did land just outside that AP Top 25 uh, I guess you could call them 26 if you want. They received 101 votes and were the team with the highest number of votes in that others receiving votes category for the AP poll. So I like this game for Oregon because it gives them a true road test pretty much right out of the gates. I think that this is great for Oregon because it's going to tell us a little bit about this team because it's not an easy matchup. How are they going to play on the road? How do they travel this year? Uh, the Ducks did prove to be uh, a pretty good road team last year. I think that that win over Washington State, albeit a close one, was one that really resonated with me because it showed that Oregon was a team that is able to go on the road and take care of business. Certainly not something that I think was a strength for them 
uh, under Mario Cristobal prior to Dan Lanning. They did get some big road wins during his tenure, don't get me wrong. Obviously, the Ohio State game is the one that stands out the most there. And then you also have a game in Pasadena against the UCLA Bruins where they won in the Rose Bowl. But the case in point here, it's not going to be an easy game. Um, Tyler Shuck has won every game that he has. I think it's every game he started in and played through, something like that. It's the it's the big stat going around this offseason about Tyler Shuck. He's 8-0 um, when he has started and finished uh, the game, I think, is the, the stat. Now that one comes back to mind. So Texas Tech, uh, Joey McGuire, they got a good team. And I think that it's going to be a nice little test for Oregon to start off the year. You're going to go against a, a good quarterback in Tyler Shuck and a, a potent offense. That's really what the Red Raiders hang their hat on out there in uh, Big 12 country. So if Oregon's team can go into Texas and put up a big win, and more so the defense, if the defense can go into a hostile environment and really try to shut down Tyler Shuck and the Red Raider offense, I think that is going to be a great indication of, of what kind of confidence we can have in Dan Lanning and Tosh LePoy's defense here in 2023. Obviously, plenty of room to grow. I got a story up on Ducks Digest right now about Oregon's biggest strengths and weaknesses heading into the 2023 season. So make sure you guys go ahead and give that one a read. So after a, a little warm-up game, if you can even call it that, against Portland State, Oregon does hit the road to play Texas Tech, and that is my first of five of Oregon's toughest games here in 2023. Well, you don't have to go too far down the schedule to find Oregon's next toughest game in 2023, just a little bit over a month after the Ducks wrap up their business in Lubbock. They will hit the road again for another big, tough matchup in Seattle against Kalen DeBoer, Michael Penix Jr., and the Washington Huskies in Husky Stadium. October 14th, 2023 is the date for that one. And this is a game with plenty of storylines, right? Uh, the game did not go according to plan last year with the Oregon Ducks losing that game in heartbreaking fashion towards the end. Um, we all know about Bonex's injury, what really looked like a death march of a drive that was destined to end in a touchdown. All the wheels kind of came off for Bonex in that one, and things did not go according to plan. Ty Thompson comes in, the drive kind of stalls. And you guys know how that one ended. Bennett Williams got beat over the top in that game for a, a decisive touchdown for Washington. And this has obviously massive implications because it's a rivalry game. So if if you think for a second that Dan Lanning doesn't have this game circled on the schedule right now, you are sorely mistaken. Um, that was such a winnable game last year at home in Autzen. Both teams are going to the Big Ten right now. I always feel like I'm seeing the fans going back and forth on social media somehow, some way. So there's definitely plenty of bad blood in this game between the two teams. And you have two premier quarterbacks and Oregon's Bo Nix and, and Washington's Michael Penix Jr. going head to head. I never really understood and still don't understand the quarterback versus quarterback, um, you know, kind of narratives that you get. Uh, in college football or just in football media in general because these guys aren't going against each other. They're never on the field at the same time, but they are kind of dueling against each other, right, with their performances and, and how they're able to um, generate some noise here uh, with their respective offenses. And both of these guys are in the Heisman conversation. 
you can't ask for much of a better billing than that one. Um, maybe we see college game day go to Seattle for this game. Um, I know that a lot of Duck fans would rather have a college game day game in Eugene, but that could very well be a game day destination um, with, uh, I think Oregon has the chance to be uh, 5-0 and heading into that game. Both teams are coming off of bye weeks with Arizona facing, with Washington, excuse me, facing Arizona on the road in Tucson the week before, while Oregon is also on the road in Palo Alto on the farm facing the new look Troy Taylor Stanford Cardinal. So I think Oregon, I want to say that they're going to have an easier time with Stanford than Washington is with Arizona. So maybe that Arizona game would be more of a trying game. But Stanford is usually physical, and what football coach wouldn't want their team to take on that identity, that trait in their first year? But we talked about the the rivalries between these two teams, and this is going to be another game. I think Texas Tech is going to go a long way in telling us this, but this is really, I think, Oregon's toughest test uh, as a defense to this point on the 2023 schedule when they hit the road to go up north to face the Huskies in October. They have some of the best wide receivers in the country. Uh, you have Romo Dunze, and then I think Jalen McMillan is another one that that stands out in that wide receiver room. Obviously, they have a whole lot of chemistry with Michael Penix Jr., so the secondary is a bit of a question mark for me with Oregon right now. Who's going to step up? and be that alpha guy at cornerback? Is it going to be Kyrie Jackson who transferred from Alabama? Is it going to be Nico Reed who transferred from Colorado? Demetrius Martin and the rest of that defensive staff certainly have uh, a plethora of options to choose from. And then you have returners like Triquez Bridges and Dante Manning who um, are looking to kind of take their game to the next level. I think Dante Manning still hasn't really reached his full potential while at Oregon, and he's the highest rated corner to ever sign with the Ducks. Not that that title means anything, but I think it comes with some greater expectations. And I think most people would agree we haven't seen the best football uh, that Dante Manning is capable of playing. Another guy that interests me in that cornerback room that could definitely play a big role in this game against Washington and slowing down the, the nation's top passing attack from a year ago is Jaleel Florence. I don't know if you guys have been following Jaleel Florence on social media, but that guy has definitely bulked up and stayed in the weight room. His speed, his length are are two things that really stand out uh, about him from a cornerback standpoint, from a defensive back standpoint. So I think that he's a guy who could definitely play. And then how about these true freshmen? Daylon Austin, Cole Martin, uh, Roderick Pleasant. That's three All-American caliber guys, I think, of that bunch. I used to be feeling like Dylan Austin was the guy that I thought was going to be playing um, the most snaps as a true freshman, but he didn't end up enrolling early uh, in in January. He did join the team for spring ball, a little bit of spring ball, I think. Um, Actually, I'm not sure. I know he didn't enroll early, early with the big batch of 2023 signees, but either way, whenever he did end up enrolling, I need to fact check that one. He did arrive, quote-unquote, late, so that gives, makes me think that Cole Martin could be the true freshman from that bunch that ends up seeing the most playing time as a true freshman, also working a little bit at nickel uh, as a return specialist as well. Um, he, he, you know, he have, He's a coach's son, so he knows the game very, very well, and I think that he is definitely poised to succeed 
at the college level. I love the heart and intensity, physicality he plays with, and just what kind of twitchy, explosive athlete he is. So that game against Washington, I think, will go a long way in I don't know if I'd say determining what Oregon's able to do in the Pac-12 because they could probably lose a game and still make it back to the Pac-12 title game, but that is definitely their toughest conference matchup to that point in the season. You got games against Colorado and Stanford that precede that one. Don't think they should have too much trouble with either of those teams, Colorado especially because it's a home game, and I think that they're getting a lot of hype before the season when we still have no idea what they are. But I will say I'm really excited to see what Colorado can do this year, especially with all the pieces that they brought in from the transfer portal. But give me Washington as Oregon's second toughest game. I'm not ranking these. They are kind of chronological, but these are five of the toughest games that I think Oregon will have to play in 2023. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Rolling right along to Oregon's next toughest game in 2023. It comes just two weeks later when Dan Lanning, Bo Nix, and the Oregon Ducks have to hit the road again to Salt Lake City, Utah, Rice Eccles Stadium to face Kyle Whittingham, Cam Rising, and the Utah Utes, the defending back-to-back Pac-12 champions. And Oregon is coming off of a win last year in Eugene. The Ducks were able to squeak out a victory 20-17 to at home at Autzen Stadium in a very good defensive performance 
uh, for Oregon. I think that even though that game was a little bit ugly, you have to take into account a couple of things. The Ducks didn't have a completely 100% healthy Bo Nix. He, of course, was injured in that week prior against Washington. So maybe if he's healthy in that game, they're able to put that one away sooner. But with Kyle Whittingham, he's one of the best coaches in the Pac-12 Best coaches and one of the best coaches in the country, I think. You know, I'm not trying to hype him up too much, but Kyle Whittingham can flat out coach. Uh, if you don't believe that, I don't know what college football you're watching, but you have a great coach. You have a, a returning veteran quarterback. Utah is always good defensively uh, under Morgan Scaley. Um, and I think that that's definitely a reason to be confident in what the Utes are going to look like this upcoming season. You have them at, you have Oregon at home if you're looking at this through a Utah lens where the Ducks haven't done very well playing on the, not a lot of teams. No one really has done well playing at Utah. Heck, Oregon, the last time Oregon won in Salt Lake City, can you remember who the quarterback was? It wasn't that long ago, but they haven't won. Oregon hasn't won on the road at Utah since November 19th, 2016. A crazy game. Ducks win 30 to 28 and the quarterback, Justin Herbert, a young true freshman, Justin Herbert. That was one of, that was probably Oregon's worst season in recent memory. The Ducks finished four and eight, but they were able to squeak out a huge win uh, on the back of Justin Herbert at quarterback as a true freshman. After the Ducks decided to pull the plug on the Dakota Prukop experiment, that was just an absolute disaster for them. Uh, definitely not a success story at quarterback from the transfer portal when you're looking at Oregon in recent years with Dakota Prukop and what they were able to do in 2016. But you can talk about it a little bit with that Washington game. But when I was on with Spencer the other day talking about this game, he predicted that Utah would be Oregon. And I had a little bit more confidence. And I said, give me Oregon over Utah. I think the win over Washington, if they're able to do it, would be a big one, no doubt, because the Ducks lost to both of their rivals last year. It was ugly. Washington and Oregon State, that would be a big win in Seattle, but this one means a little bit more in my eyes because they haven't won there since 2016, and I think that this, this game against Utah on the road for Dan Lanning, that's the opportunity to go out there and make a statement, not just in the Pac-12, no, that if Oregon can win that game, that'll be a statement win that resonates throughout the country, I think, because of who it's against and where it's at. Utah is playing Florida to start the season today, and I think that's going to be a really fun game to watch. That one's on the road uh, for, for Florida, rather, at Utah. So I think over these past couple years, I, you – you know about Utah if you're on the West Coast, but when they went out to play Florida in Gainesville last year, sure, they came up short in that one, but I think that that win did a little bit more to push Utah's image to a broader scale on the national scene, on the national level. So the point I'm making there is that Utah is earning a lot of respect right now, and I think that they're definitely on, I would say, equal footing to Washington because look at what what uh, Utah has been able to do from a conference standpoint as far as winning the Pac-12 and making some noise. Maybe they start slow, but it doesn't matter because you just know that Kyle Whittingham always fields a good team. They're a team that's starting to get a little bit more juice on the recruiting trail. 
They have always been a team that does more with less. So what happens if Utah gets their act together and becomes uh, uh, one of the better recruiting teams in the Pac-12? They're heading to the Big 12 now. But what I'm saying is if they can recruit better, man, what is the ceiling for that program? I am super, super interested. Um, I'm, I'm not a Utah fan necessarily, but I am a college football fan. And you got to give respect where it's due. Utah definitely deserves a whole heck of a lot respect, heck of a lot of respect. Oregon won last year. They want to take that momentum into 2023 into Salt Lake City for this matchup against Utah and turn it into one of the bigger road wins that they will have had in conference play in recent years. Heck, if they beat Utah in Utah, I would go out as far as saying that that's Dan Lanning's biggest conference win since he got to Oregon. Um, I think they had some some good wins last year, right? They, they beat Utah at home. That win on the road against Washington State was a big one, but they really haven't made a whole lot of noise as far as just really big conference wins. I think the win over Utah was – or BYU, excuse me, was a big one, but this – game Oregon versus Utah is a huge opportunity for Oregon to make a statement and get a huge huge win to set themselves up for success uh right around Halloween heading into November um I, I went out and kind of went on a limb and predicted Oregon would win that game and I think that part of it's going to be because of takeaways I think it's going to be Oregon's rounding into form at that point Bo Nix is going to be playing well and that defense is going to travel with them to Salt Lake City and be difference makers in this game. All right. Next up, just a couple weeks later, you are back in Eugene now, a big home game for Oregon on November 11th against Lincoln Riley, Caleb Williams, and the USC Trojans. What do we know about USC in 2023? Well, they were a little bit shaky and that season opening win against my San Jose State Spartans. But a win's a win, and I don't think you can make too much or take too much from that game. Um, let's see what we got here. So I'm trying to remember what the score was. Let me just pull it up here real quick. They were able to, to, to win 56-28, to 28, so they doubled San Jose State's score, but – that was still a big win for them. I think that the defense is the biggest question mark there. And I think at this point in the season, when USC has to come to Autzen Stadium in Eugene, I'm pretty confident in saying that Oregon's going to have the better defense of the two teams. Lincoln Riley and the Trojans absolutely attacked the transfer portal, bringing in big names uh, like Bear Alexander, Anthony Lucas in the trenches. Those are definitely some of the biggest additions that they had. But... I think that Oregon gets the edge here with Dan Lanning and some of the guys they have on that defensive staff. You're going to have to have a lot of questions answered on that defense by the time USC comes to town. Certainly want to have the pass rush figured out so you can harass and get after Caleb Williams, but you also have to get the secondary figured out because that team, USC at wide receiver, they might have the deepest wide receiver room in all of college football, certainly deserving of a mention in that mix. You got Zachariah Branch. Uh, Brendan Rice, Mario Williams. Um, who else do they have? Taj Washington. Um, and they're, they're just loaded. That, that's all you really need to say. USC skill talent at wide receiver specifically is 
on par with anybody else in the country. So that means Oregon secondary, maybe this is an opportunity for them to make a statement game. I'm not super worried about Oregon's offense in this USC game. Are they going to operate flawlessly? No, that's not what I'm saying. But you got to be telling yourself the biggest question if you're looking at this through an Oregon lens heading into this game against USC is what does the defense look like? Because I'm thinking back to that game last year, Oregon versus UCLA, nobody could get a stop in that game. So when they finally did get a stop, you have to take advantage of it. And I think that the defense is the bigger question mark than the offense in this game for Oregon against USC. How much time is Caleb Williams going to have in the pocket? Uh, how does Oregon do defending the run? Because I know that USC likes to run the ball too, to set up play action and just open up the playbook. That's kind of football one-on-one. If you can run the ball well, it opens up the rest of your offense. So Oregon's defense, this is their statement game. Can they have a dominant showing against the reigning Heisman Trophy winner? I don't know if I can say that right now uh, in August, but I think that it's not outside the realm of possibility that they could have a very big day against Caleb Williams when the Trojans come to town in November. I'm not saying it's likely, but if Oregon is, is able to, if Dan Lanning is able to squeeze some more potential out of this defense and they're able to take it up a notch and they're just getting some good pressure, they're generating some takeaways, not having a lot of lapses in coverage. These are all marks that I think aren't that hard to reach, but it's something that the Ducks didn't really have that much last year. The pressure wasn't great. The coverage wasn't great. Um, not generating a lot of takeaways, some missed tackles here and there. I don't think that Oregon needs to play at like a superhuman level from a defensive standpoint to make it a longer day for Caleb Williams. All right. So that one's definitely a tough game for Oregon, but I think it's one that they can definitely win. It's one that they would love to win because, you know, one of the storylines going into this game, you have Bo Nix, Caleb Williams, Heisman conversation, Dan Lanning, Lincoln Riley, you know, head coaches. Lincoln Riley is one of the better head coaches in the country, definitely more established than Dan Lanning, but this is only his first job as a head coach. But you have the Lincoln Riley offense versus the Dan Lanning defense. That's kind of the point that I was getting at. And then you also have, man, USC. If you're a USC fan, you're kind of just flying in the rainbow for a little bit, you know, chilling in the clouds. We're heading to the Big Ten. Oregon stuck in the Pac-12. We don't have to worry about anything. And then, bam. Oregon's heading to the Big Ten, too. I might have said Big 12, but USC was all happy going to the to the Big Ten. And now Oregon says, hey, hey, remember me? Yeah, um, I, I'm, a, I'm going to the Big Ten, too. We're going to the Big Ten, too. And we're still going to be contending with you on the recruiting trail. We're still going to be contending with you on the football field. So there were some stories and reports that came out. I'm trying to think about something specific and concrete, but we all know that USC did not want Oregon in the Pac-12. And I think they went as far as saying um, in their contracts or in their negotiations with the Big Ten, you know, we don't want Oregon there. We want to be the premier school on the West Coast. So it's just going to be us, but not so fast, my friend. Uh, now I'm thinking about Lee Corso, not so fast. Oregon's going to be heading to the Big Ten too. So they would love to start things off uh, or wrap things up in the Pac-12 rather with a big win over USC at home in Eugene. The next toughest game, I, I actually might have more games than I thought, but this back half, these last three games of the year, I'll hit on these two pretty quick here. 
But you got the next week, Oregon has to hit the road on November 18th, right after they face USC to face Kenny Dillingham and the Arizona State Sun Devils. What do we know about Arizona State in 23? Well, they named true freshman quarterback Jaden Rashada the starting quarterback uh, to open their season. And that's an interesting storyline because Kenny Dillingham was recruiting Jaden Rashada, the Bay Area quarterback, one-time Miami commit, one-time Florida commit. Just absolutely crazy, um, crazy, crazy deals in in, uh, in that recruitment. Kenny Dillingham was recruiting him to Oregon. Things didn't work out. Dillingham gets a head coaching gig. Um, the NIL stuff didn't necessarily work out with Rashada and and the the other schools that he was looking at. So he ends up getting out of his uh, uh, letter of intent. And then he finds a home in Pac-12 country in the desert in Tempe. So I think this is kind of a trap game for Oregon just because they haven't necessarily always played their best football in Arizona and and in the desert. And I think that this is going to be a test for Dan Lanning. I'm loving that storyline. Dan Lanning versus former offensive coordinator, now head coach, Kenny Dillingham. We know he's one of the brightest minds, brightest offensive minds in college football. The guys are fired up to play for him. They're buying in for sure. Uh, in Tempe, um, you know, when Kenny Dillingham got that job, he was saying, this is my dream job. This is where I want to be. This is home for me. So I just wonder how is that energy going to translate onto the field? What's Arizona state going to look like this year, but that's a tricky game. Um, maybe that win over USC, if they're able to get a win over USC, either way, I could see that one being an emotionally draining win. You know, they, they, Dan Lane's going to have to keep these guys locked in when they hit the road to, to face Arizona State the next week. I think it's certainly a winnable game, not one that I think Oregon will be projected to lose. I think they'll be favorites in that game, but definitely some interesting storylines. And I feel like it's always kind of a trap game late in the season on the road and in Arizona. So keep an eye out for that Arizona State game. But the last game of the regular season, I got to talk about this one the next week. To wrap out, to round out the regular season, Oregon returns home to Eugene and to Odson Stadium on November 24th, uh, Black Friday, right after Thanksgiving, to face the Oregon State Beavers. And oh boy, is there a lot on the line in this one. Oregon's heading to the Big Ten. No one knows what's happening with Oregon State. They, they might get left behind in this crazy thing we like to call conference realignment, but Oregon State... Got that big win last year for Oregon, and then it kind of just felt like it was going downhill for Oregon after that. They lose to Oregon State, and then they lose Kenny Dillingham to Arizona State, all within the span of, of a few hours, it felt like. And uh, we didn't know Bo Nix was going to be coming back for a year, so there was just so much uncertainty around Oregon football after that loss to Oregon State. And this is that big brother, little brother kind of thing, right? Um, Oregon State fans have loved to hang and hold this one over Oregon's head ever since they lost that game last year. Oregon State just absolutely crushed the ball down Oregon's throat on the ground last year in embarrassing fashion. So Oregon definitely left that game with a sour taste in their mouth, and they want another shot at the Beavs. Uh, we don't know right now if this is a rivalry that's going to continue, so that makes it even more important for Dan Lanning and the Ducks to get it done this year uh, against Jonathan Smith and the Beavs, who really look like they're putting it all together. They get DJ Uyunglele, who transfers in from Clemson to be their starting quarterback for the year. Uh, I don't know if they have the talent at wide receiver to make a whole lot of noise, but they have. They always have a good offensive line. They have a good running back in Martinez, 
And I feel like they're maybe they've been lumped into that conversation as a team that's just one quarterback away. Is DJU that quarterback that can take them to the next level? What is that next level for Oregon State? I don't really know, but this is going to be a fun one regardless. A lot's going to be on the line. Possibly even a trip to the Pac-12 title game will be on the line uh, in this game. It certainly was uh, last year. Uh, if Oregon won those games against Washington and Oregon State, they for sure would have been able to go back to the Pac-12 title game. So big games just the two weeks prior against USC and Arizona State. You've got to stay locked in, and you've got to be focused against this game for this game against the Beavs. They're certainly not a team that can be taken lightly. Jonathan Smith is a great coach. He's going to have his guys ready. Certainly did a year ago. Is Dan Lanning going to have the Ducks ready for this rivalry matchup against the Beavs to close out the 2023 regular season? And is Oregon heading back to Vegas after this week? Or are they going to be at home on the couch waiting for their bowl game assignment? So that will do it for today's episode. Oregon's toughest games of 2023. Thank you guys so much for watching and important reminders to lock in with me on social media at mtorres sports on both Twitter and Instagram. You can subscribe to my YouTube channel at Oregon football. Max Torres been loving the growth I've been seeing over there. Uh, so please go ahead and do that. And then you can also uh, follow the ducks digest Instagram account at ducks digest. We're closing in on a thousand followers over there. And then uh, you can read, read all of my written work covering Oregon on the recruiting trail and Oregon football uh, on the gridiron, on the football field, over on DucksDigest.com. So uh, until next time, thank you guys so much for tuning in. However you're tuned in, thanks for taking some time out of your day to talk some ball, and we'll catch you in the next episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast.